never shows me when uh, Galloway is playing the game. Uh, yeah, I noticed that actually before, because when you guys were playing Valorant, it said you were playing and Galloway wasn't, so I was like, oh, he must be in the practice mode. They're ready for me. My friends waited for me because I told them that I'd be back soon. And what had actually turned out true was that you were already in a game. It was Galloway's fault. I said, should we play a spike rush? And he said, we should play a normal because Kirby's going to want to get on and warm up before he plays. Yeah, whatever, you know. He did warm That's up a little exactly bit. It didn't, it didn't help, but... <sighs> video games. Oh, video games. <sighs> Stretch your back out. What a day, right? Crack Open a cold that. one. I'm taking... Let me tell you. Can I, I'm going to get a... Um, hold on. Let me get this up. I got to get good Foley for this. Hold on. Let's see if this records well. That just kind of sounds like peeing, but I was pouring wine. Hmm. At a time like this? What time is it? It's uh, uncertain times. I know. That's. I mean, that's the, that's why. That's why you pour wine because these are. This is the new normal. The the whatever whatever it is. So I don't know what we're talking in the future, right? Like so, you know, whoever the the people of tomorrow. Even if you get the podcast up tomorrow, which is unlikely, if not impossible. Um, the people of tomorrow are facing new challenges that we dare not know. Um, so even, you know, I, like I, words of wisdom, you know, every day gets worse. But yeah, I don't have anything. This else is a, this is a up, very but... this is a very weird. It's almost like a, a dull kind of like a very boring dystopia. Yeah, what I mean, I mean, I, I wanted I, I think we're full blown water world. Have you ever seen the movie Waterworld with Kevin Costner? No, but I get the idea. They need water. Well, no, they don't need water. water. The world is covered in water. That the There's water too is much the problem. Water. There's too much water. Get rid uh, of some of this water. Kevin Why Costner. Drink it? Uh, he goes underneath the ocean and he can breathe with gills. Um, and is the water drinkable? Dennis Hopper is the leader of a gang called the Smokers, and they like all have like you know masks on, like smoke comes out of them, and they you know they they ride around. On At jet least skis. they're wearing masks. Uh, and then there's a uh, it's a it's a phenomenal movie. It was one of the right. biggest budget flops of all time, and there's also a Universal theme park Waterworld uh, ride kind of thing where you watch them just do kind of stunts based on the movie Waterworld, which is a movie that has, like, I don't know, 10 fans of which I am one. So, you know, it appeals to me greatly. Of course they have sure. yeah. a stunt action uh, sure. show based on the movie Waterworld. But what I, is this at? Universal? Uh, okay. So, you know, I, I think that I learned a lot from the movie Waterworld, and I would say that with the way things are going, realistically, 2021, get ready for Waterworld. Probably the world will be covered in water, and you'll have to know how to swim. Um, and if you can grow uh, gills or chill with Kevin Costner is your best bet for survival. Wow. But until then, we got video games, I guess. I don't even know. Some are coming out. Some aren't coming out. Many things have been canceled, but video games haven't been canceled. Wow. Right? Sports. You got everyone shows up. They throw a, a baseball. It's the beautiful game, and then everyone gets sick. So that's all unfortunate. the cardboard cutouts. Oh, there was they were, they had cardboard cutouts at a Mets or a Yankees game. Uh, it was unclear to me which one. It was Mets. It was Mets. But it's all of them. I think that yeah, they're filling the stands with uh, cardboard. So they got cardboard cutouts instead of people, and uh, people watch from home. That's where they always watch from. Well, they I mean I mean sometimes they watch from the stands. Sometimes. Sometimes. So you don't get you don't have sports anymore, and you can't be there because you have a cardboard cutout. It's supposed to be your face. I, apparently, uh, I think my 
aunt and uncle uh, ha- like paid because they already had seats or something like that. So they had a picture taken, like they, they sent a picture of their face and then they put up a cardboard, like one of the card, two of the cardboard stands had my aunt and uncle's faces on it. And if one of the balls in like a uh, home run or grand slam or something hit them, then they would, they would take, they would send the ball to their house. Well, there you go. That's kind of neat, right? What a weird piece of memorabilia that would be. I know, right? Like here's the ball I caught while, well, and a cardboard version of myself caught during a global pandemic, which uh, the United States completely failed to suppress. And that's what you tell your kids. They'll say, oh, we were, they'll be like, oh, it's, it was, yeah, it was really weird times. Um, we were supposed to be like a global leader. And for some reason, we didn't do anything about a virus. And then everyone got sick and died. And then they'll be like, you guys were a global, global leader. And then I'll, and then we'll that's laugh and we'll be like, oh. Yep, at one point. Hard to imagine. Read about it in the history books, though. We killed Hitler. <sighs> What's the deal with games? There's some games out there. For the week of July 29th. Have you been games? Uh, James? Yes. I've been playing games. I've been playing uh, Persona 4 Golden for the PC. We already talked about that. Can do. Yeah. We talked about it. I'm Anything interesting? I'm like 80 hours in. Dang. You know? uh, what what can I say about Persona 4 that hasn't already been said? You well, know? well, you know. I'm pretty, I, I'm expecting to wrap it up. I don't think that I'm going to be able to jump right into 5 Royal, which was my plan, because I think that I need to give myself a little bit of time uh, to not play Persona. Yeah, I, play, I could imagine that being weird. Maybe to play Death Stranding. Maybe to... Uh, play no man's sky i was playing a little bit of death stranding back to that maybe been playing a little i played a little bit of, i started this game on necro barista oh yeah uh, have you heard of this one um i know the premise is like you're working at a bar where a dead human has like 24 hours to stay there and mingle or something like that yep before passing on so, so it's like a, so purgatory it's a purgatory yeah, but also just like our people lives. who aren't dead are there too. Oh, really? Oh, okay. That's nice. Um, yeah, it's more sincere than maybe I, I thought it would be at first. Um, I'm not very far into it. It's not like that uh, monster dating sim high school game? No, it's not like that. That game was kind of fun. <laughs> well, well, I remember, well, we played it together, and I remember our thoughts were heavy, like, it was fun to be able to simultaneously play a dating sim of like now is your turn what are you gonna do who are you gonna hit on and how is it gonna pan out for you uh and uh that's kind of cool to be like playing a competitive dating sim but damn the dialogue was just like it was so brutal there was nothing sincere about it it's like every single line was just like i don't know it was just like juno amped up to 11 of just people just talking about like yeah Mostly cocaine, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It was just a lot of cocaine talk. Right now, I'm waiting on Fall Guys. For some reason... What is Fall Guys? Fall Guys is a battle royale. Uh, but it is kind of like Mario Party, but a battle royale. Where it's like all of these little dudes are trying to survive. And like going through obstacle courses and things like that. It just looks... uh very blissful 
it's going to be on PS Plus for free. <coughs> I think it's going to sort of capture uh, sort of the magic and zeitgeist that Rocket League caught when it first came out. Doesn't Rocket League st- still kind of have a magic and zeitgeist? Like I, I feel like I've that always great. I always just hear it? something about Rocket League. It's one of those things where it just like refuses. It will just not die, and it have makes you sense too. Rocket League? No. Rocket League is great. Rocket League would be literally impossible for me to even think about playing right now. You'd think that, but I played it recently, and people are still not good at it. Wow. That's hard like, to believe. It, it, it's crazy. Like, it, it's this weird thing of, like, uh, I feel like Rocket League has, first off, it's got a pretty low barrier to entry. Uh, if you've played a driving game before, you're going to be, like, way ahead of the curve. But there's, like... Above the skill ceiling, there's, like, another ceiling where, like, only people who dedicate, like, thousands of hours to the game will go. But, like, if you're just playing it and you're not consciously thinking about getting better and you're not, like, studying up on the game, eventually you're going to, like, um, you're going to hit a ceiling. And I feel like a lot of people hang out there and it's not that far above the floor. But once you start, like, researching the game, like you can go so far above and beyond uh, what normal people can do. It's crazy. There are, like, uh, you can watch videos of, like, pro Rocket League players, like, doing 1v5 and things like that. Like, they're, like it's just a... Uh, it's a neat yeah, little thing, for sure. I feel like... It's I, a great game. I, I couldn't imagine wanting to play it, like, regardless of anything, because I already have a game that's, like, I already have too many kind of infinite games yeah um but but i'm i'm they have these different modes there's always stuff to get they have they've got like a battle pass it's like if you've got rocket if you like rocket league they've got you covered you know what i mean from here until forever who would have known that that would be such a thing like it's crazy that they really uh kept it going and yeah, it does seem kind of timeless because it's such a simple thing it's so it's soccer like 3v3 soccer with cars like there's nothing too complex like there's nothing remotely complex about it uh to explain initially i was recently watching league uh it was my birthday i'm 30 um i'm dying i guess sooner and sooner and league of legends is watchable and league of legends is still going on so friend of the show uh and previous co-host possible future Mm co-host come back like ouroboros maybe in the future but probably not i would say it was uh sean Killian was here uh and he was like I was like man I love Valorant Valorant is so dope Riot is just doing a phenomenal job they are curing it really well and we were talking a little bit about how uh the tournament scene is kind of like this phenomenal thing of like uh it kind of every tournament kind of has these big surprises of like you go into it thinking these are the characters that get picked these are the guns that get picked and this is how you play the maps and then every tournament without a you know a doubt has uh kind of questions about what uh we we thought we we knew for 100 percent sure that was just kind of figured out and more and more kind of just weird new uh like schisms or like like additions to kind of what is considered meta is is added so that's always really interesting and it's kind of a great mark of a healthy game that that the game has this kind of rapidly changing meta outside of a non-rapidly changing like patches like they, it's not like they're big patches that are kind of determining these things so i was talking about that and sean still watches a lot of league 
and yeah. it's like all caught up on League. So I don't think he plays it though, right? I don't think he no, he doesn't play it. it. He plays Overwatch, which is like he the worst Overwatch. of the games that you could but imagine. Why playing. does he? Why does he play Overwatch? Ah, uh, he's a masochist. I I feel like uh, I don't like that game. I hate it. And uh, I'll tell you why I don't like Overwatch, and I've told you before. Let's go into but it. But it's a uh, th- there's a, a problem. I have a problem. Uh, with Blizzard's design philosophy, and and uh, it goes through the way that they designed um, Heroes of the Storm. Okay, Heroes of the Storm, and, which I love. Which was Heroes of the Storm, best game Blizzard Storm's came out in the decade. Continue. Uh, but but I have a problem with the idea that you can't really do anything by yourself, and it's always like a numbers game. You know what it actually reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Halo, where with Halo, when you're not taking into account things like. Uh, shotguns and sniper rifles if every player just has a battle rifle or every player just has like the default assault rifle then two players will almost always beat one player right like there's very little outplay potential even even in games like uh, destiny right where if if two people have a default assault rifle and you don't factor in any other uh, like abilities, then it just comes down to okay, we have two assault rifles versus your one assault rifle. Therefore, we we win. I don't fully agree with that in Destiny, course. but I do see what you mean in, in Halo or just the general uh, point you're making. I, I, yeah, I feel like the Destiny idea is that I like carries, a game but... like like League of Legends or like Dota or like CS:GO or or Apex Legends or any of these other games where I, I feel like there's a massive potential for outplay, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the things that keeps me going in Valorant where it's like I, I live for the moments where like I pl- not live. I, I play for the moments where I get to clutch it. Right. Where I get to outsmart multiple people at once and, and yeah. succeed. Yeah. Um... And uh, so that's my issue with uh, Overwatch is there's very little that the individual can do if all the other players are playing really well. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, like. There, there are always those moments where, like, okay, I'm Tracer, and I get the bomb on their healer, and then, like, I, you know, I rewind, and all of a sudden they're down a healer. But even in that occasion, then there's this reliance on my team, right, to follow up and to make something happen from that. Yeah. And uh, that's my issue with... Um, with overwatch i mean heroes ha- always had that in a really bad way that was a, like one of like the literal first takes we ever had with heroes was that like that there's no carrying in heroes and because of that it's going to be a boring esport that was like literally one of the first takes we had in beta and it had blizzard listened to us in closed beta when they gave us keys then maybe we wouldn't be here right now maybe we'd be casting but uh, I I feel like Overwatch has different problems. I feel like one of the big different problems is that everyone is like it's imp- like Blizzard basically created an impossible task. Like they they give themselves an impossible task uh, where how how do you balance a character like I don't know Genji or McCree where that are these like hyper technical like super like you have to be highly skilled know the maps know the enemies and all this kind of stuff and how do you balance that with like a team that needs a character like a winston or a reinhardt that are just going to be like they can eat like 15 headshots and they're designed to be able to just jump in and not aim so that like and that's not this, fun it's, like, a, it's, it's hard not fun to fight or ultimates ultimates was it was McCree, was right? always a big deal like because you can be an aim god widow or an aim god mccree 
And there's just going to be times where, like, there was literally no chance and, like, at, at all for you because, like, you guys were yeah, pushing at the right time. The enemy like hit a Q like, button. Yeah. And, and this is also, like, a problem that League of Legends had to a lesser extent. But the idea of, like, you wait for your ultimates to come up. Uh, and then it's essentially, like, Who throughout them? the game, you get a couple of good pushes. And the pushes you get are based off of, like, okay, everyone's ults are up, so we go now. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in League of Legends, you had that to a degree, but also in League of Legends, uh, you know, you could work around cooldown reduction and things like that. And also, if you were far ahead, you could just deal so much uh, individual damage uh, that your ultimate was kind of a nice to have, but non-essential, right? Or stuff like baiting. I mean, like there's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say that, yeah, definitely League has uh, a better potential and, for And you know who and... really solved it is, is Valorant, where... Uh, their ultimate system just makes so much sense where where it's like uh, the game doesn't revolve around the ultimates. No. And, and that's one of the benefits also of having a round-based game. Yeah, it is really cool because you can kind of have like, you you if you win X amount of rounds, you win eight rounds, and then one one round is just like, damn the enemy brimstone somehow had like an unbelievably good ultimate which even then i would say like why were you standing in it um even in the case of like wow that ultimate really swung that round it's like so far outside of the rest of the game like it's never like you hit q and it just happens the way that in overwatch you can just hit q and then it'll largely most ultimates are just something where it's like well you're not aiming anymore you're just doing something that's just winning like you like a yeah. Cree ultimate is just like yep you're you're gonna stare at them until they're dead and then the the Genji ultimate like now you're a melee character that kills people so yeah so uh but but yeah I mean I mean I, I we don't like Overwatch sorry Sean but uh, uh League's still going on uh really cool to kind of still watch it it's it was kind of fascinating because I'd been removed enough that. It was interesting to hear some of the changes that went on and see what the current like pro meta is and how it, it really does feature mostly old characters, which is kind of kind of crazy to be like uh, like all these characters that I remember when they came out years and years ago that are still like in the meta. Yeah. So but that they was keep them up to date. Like it's not they're not the same, you know, as they've. Yeah, I mean, they been. do. They like Riot's pretty decent about just showing, like, like, uh, just putting in minor balance changes. So if there's characters yeah. that are terrible, they might get a big rework. But then a long time, like alongside uh, that, like every major balance patch will be like ten to twenty champions, and they're getting like minor tweaks. A lot of cases of just like this character just isn't really doing anything, and. They're not really yeah. being picked. They're not being really being played. So we're just doing like a minor, minor tweak. And they'll keep doing that over the course of months and months until finally it's like, hey, you guys have all been sleeping on this because they've been pretty good for a little while. And then they yeah. kind of come back into the meta. So, so yeah, it was kind of cool. To, it was cool to watch that. Yeah. And sometimes it's a full scale rework. I don't know if you've seen like what they did with Fiddlesticks. Yeah, they did that. Uh, they, they, they keep them fresh. Yeah. So cool game. Uh, Like definitely a... Uh, I generally feel like pretty comfortable in the hands of Riot, insofar as esports. Like they're doing a phenomenal job still with League, and I feel like the job that they've done so far with Valorant has been really good. I like that's that's my favorite game at the moment, so I'm not complaining. And I feel like the uh, they, they're handling it really well. Like there's no real mention of a 
Riot controlled league the way that there is the LCS, and Riot is really uh, good about like doing this the right way. Like Blizzard, you know, came in like day one, we're gonna do some sort of big pro thing, and they kind of like really quickly went into here's our Blizzard controlled tournaments and and then like the Overwatch League, which was like the uh, like awesome idea. I love the idea that they like had people buy in as these kind of sports teams that were yeah. that were based on different uh, cities around the world. I love that. I think that that was very cool. But I don't think that they... I think that by the time that they were doing that, it was like, you guys don't remotely have a handle on the balance of your game. And you never did, because you made a game where, like, you had to have healers and tanks, which is just boring as fuck. Imagine, like... I just still can't... That's my. That's the thing that killed it for me, not, like, the carrying thing that you're talking about, but the thing that, like, do you want to play DPS and, like, make good plays and deal damage? Okay, so here's an hour-long queue, and everyone's going to be angry at you if you don't do crazy damage. Um, also, you have to deal with the fact that there's, like, tanks and healers, so you're probably not going to be, like, headshotting and killing people. You're just yeah. going to be, like, pumping rounds. Okay, do you want to play healer or tank? There's, like, two viable healers and two viable tanks. That Overwatch is making me bored. Yeah, yeah whatever. So, boring. Um, uh, I don't know if we should talk about Valorant yet, but Killjoy was announced. Yeah, it's the new Valorant character. Um, uh, if you play Valorant, then you already know, and if you don't play Valorant, then you probably don't care. But maybe you should be playing Valorant because it's pretty good. I like her design, actually. You said you didn't really like her aesthetic, but I, I feel like she is just, like, definitely compared to any other Valorant character. She's got kind of, like, a bubble jacket and, yeah, like, one of those I loved, beanie I loved ski her hats. in Persona 5. Yeah, she would be a good Persona... She, well, she would be a good Persona 4 character, I feel like, because she's, she's very yellow. She's already in Persona 5. She's in Persona 5 as... Uh, what's your... What's the name of your cousin... Uh, Boogaloo. Her name was what? Man, you look up Persona 5 characters and she's not even on the list. Um, There's so many. Futaba. Oh, the little girl? Yeah. Yeah. There's already that character. It's Futaba. Um, kind yeah, of. Well, kind of. But yeah, I, I, I think she's pretty cool and there's a big... Uh, kind of argument over because she's a very like defensive and damage oriented character like a lot of her abilities deal damage there's a big thing of like i I, i'm kind of i'm happy for them to be having that conversation and kind of like backing riot down from doing anything more crazy it's good when like it's kind of good that despite the fact that i agree with the overall kit of killjoy which is like she has a turret which is kind of insane in the game of valorant uh that all of it's so tuned down to being like She's just kind of an, a, a more, like, space-control-oriented character, and she's not going to kill you with those abilities, but they do damage. Um, and I, I, But I like the, the uh, community uh, arguing about these kind of things because Riot listens very well, and I'm sure it does give them a lot of pause in making characters like this. So it's like, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll release Killjoy and be like, do we do too far? Do we not go far enough or whatever and wait and then balance it out. I trust them with that kind of stuff. I feel like they'll do a good job. Yeah, we'll see. It's probably fine. It'll be good. I look forward to playing her. I know. I that's look forward my, to I look forward to playing her a lot. Better. And also there's the new uh battle pass on August fourth, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's same all. release date as fall guys. Pretty uh pretty contentious, you know? Oh big day. So big you, day indeed. 
So you were talking about Death Stranding. Uh, yeah, I played a little bit of that. I think you've played more of it than I have. I think I played like 16 hours, like 14, 16 hours. Okay, so what is that, like 20% of the game? How, how long do you think that game is if you had to, if you had to wager? That's a really good question. Um, uh, there's like a map of America that you're kind of like linking up, and I'm in like middle America-ish, so it's like it feels like I could be close to... So when I, I, I had to look this up, I had to look this up because I was just like, what, what is going on with this game? And like, what can I expect to put in? And it was about, they said about 40 to 60 hours. So if I'm like 16 hours or so, I feel like I am nearing a halfway point. Uh, but it, it is a, a pretty unique singular game. It's weird to be playing it on PC after it came out on PS4 because you kind of have that hindsight where I, I didn't really know what it was even to the day it launched like i don't think that anyone really knew what it was in any trailer or any gameplay really expected what it actually would have been until they got their hands on it uh because you know kojima is such a bizarre auteur and writer that yeah. uh it that it, it, it is just like it, it co- totally evaded any sort of genre and when it came out, people are like, damn, well, this it? is... It was a str- It's a Strand-type game. Yeah. Which that's is a meaning. Not- that's an like absolutely meaningless. Absolutely meaningless thing. Um, but, uh, so when it came out and people just found out that it's basically po- post-apocalyptic, like, Uber, it, like, you're just, you are a delivery person of goods in a post-apocalypse where you're kind of connecting these underground bunkers, uh that's that's it like you're you're not really going to be playing like an action hero or shooting anything you're going to be more like running from these supernatural sort of ghosts where you're pointed where they are because you can't see them but you're pointed out where they are directionally by a unborn child that lives in a incubator that's strapped to your chest called bb and bb points to where the ghosts are uh there's like it is just bizarre and i i appreciate all that but also it it reminds me of like how weird kojima gets with like just being so caught on a certain term or name like he just finds out like it seems like he just seems like he finds out like an english word and becomes obsessed with it and wants to name everything that so there's like strand breach and beach and stuff like that and everything is kind of variations of that like all the technology is like we got your new your new strand online it's a new beach tech like stuff like that like that's what every character says there's th- one of the, th- the three main characters you meet are die hard man heart man and dead man sure like why i don't know um over as a game overall I do kind of enjoy it. It's 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 certainly unique, and uh, I I I kind of like the perspective of a game that's like you're not uh, fighting these kind of supernatural things in this scary apocalypse. You're you're more running from them and just trying to safely deliver packages. And the kind of weird thought process that goes into that, like uh, how much pa- how many packages can you carry based on the weight, and you have to make some room for the kind of equipment you're going to be carrying and how long do you think this journey is going to go 
and yeah. what kind of supplies do you need and all these kind of things and the kind of dangers on the road. It's a really good feeling. Yeah, it's like he really predicted uh, courier services in uh, 2020. He really did, in a way. I, I would say that the, the main way that this game makes me feel, uh, regardless of what it actually is, is like when you were a kid and you were playing JRPGs and they felt very you know epic and long... Uh, and you would go to a town and the, that town was like that mate, that, that like incredible safe haven where that was the time where you would sell, you know, the trash kind of stuff you got, you would buy new equipment for your characters, you'd buy the new potions and elixirs and everything you needed that you were, that you were like prepared to walk back out into the world and face whatever it was. And then that, and then this game is very much like these kind of feelings of like, you're in these safe bunkers you're stocking up for the next thing. You can see the map, like how far is this journey going to be? Kind of what territory are you dealing with? Is it a lot of like rocky territory and elevation? Um, and you get ready for that. And then you leave that safety and the feeling of like just this constant struggle of like bad things that could happen to you. You could die just like in an old JRPG and just have like no save points. Like if you're playing like some of the old Final Fantasies, it's like if you're not out of town, basically, you're not going to be able to save and you could spend a whole time like going through this dungeon, killing all these enemies, leveling up, and then you get to a boss, and it's like you weren't ready for it. The boss just kills you, and that those kind of like frustrations, that that un, that uncertainty and unsafety. So I like that. It does kind of it just makes me feel like that, where where it's like an old JRPG. Cool. Uh, uh, and I still kind of want to play it. Some of the neatest things going on in it is that like you can leave equipment like climbing ropes or ladders and uh it once you uh connect a bunker with the chiral network which is like their like kind of internet that prints out physical things um you can see other players things and you can like them so there's this so it's kind of a good good deed simulator it's weird that you're this delivery person but also you're interacting with like the way that the other people have helped you out in this world like the other players at the same time are uh leaving uh, are building roads and bridges to make your journey easier. And when you kind of experience that and you see, like, this is the name of the player that spent tons of resources to build a bridge here, and instead of having a 20-minute excursion trying to go over this mountain or this horrible, like, deep river that you can't make it over, this person just built a bridge. They spent a ton of time doing that. And you can, you can like, give them Facebook likes for it weird but, but then if somebody gets too many likes they turn into like a, a zombie or some something like that right no oh no are you doing a bit well, the, the, no there I, I forget what it is but part of the game is like there is a group of people who have become like high on the likes and then like it turns them into like something else really yeah. i haven't seen anything like that but and you might be right you'll find it uh I've been playing this game called Neon Abyss a little bit. It's on the Switch. Um, so imagine I am. if Binding of Isaac didn't have the worst aesthetic of all time. It's so easy to imagine that because the bar is set so low. Imagine if Binding Isaac were just like geometry. Like what if it was just like you play as a circle and you got to beat all the squares. That's it. Yeah. No so other Neon aesthetic. Abyss is kind of like that it's uh not a top-down shooter it plays like one kind of it, it plays more like a sort of like a contra style more like a you know jumping around uh 2d platformer kind of game 
but with all of like the synergy and stuff that you would expect out of like an Enter the Gungeon, uh, I like it. I like it quite a bit. I think that the game looks cool. I like the unique characters and the aesthetics and uh, just the, you know, having a game like that to grind on the Nintendo Switch. I don't like it as much as Enter the Gungeon, and I don't know what it would take uh, for a game to dethrone Enter the Gungeon for me. Because that game is just, uh, it's very tight. Uh, and, and with where Enter the Gungeon is now, it, it feels like pretty well balanced. Like whenever I play a run, I feel like I'm getting just enough stuff like to make the run unique and interesting while still being challenging. Uh, you know, and sometimes you do get to just go off the rails entirely and get really, uh, really out there and powerful. Uh, so we'll see where that ends up on uh, with with Neon Abyss. Neat. I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah. Why are you playing that? It's very good. I have a stronger yeah. opinion of it than Death Stranding. Uh, I feel like Ghost of Tsushima is uh, kind of the the video game McDonald's. It's not, I, I won't say that there's anything that is, like, incredibly surprising about it. There's nothing, th this is this is a game by Sucker Punch Studios. It's an open world game set in feudal Japan off the island uh, of Tsushima. And it's being invaded by Mongols. And you play as a samurai that loses an original, like, kind of, like, this major battle to the Mongols. They invade the land and you're both like a samurai and like an assassin that's trying to take back the land um and you're doing it in exactly the way that you would imagine and that is like the open world things there are you know like every open world game they do that kind of thing of like here's so in this game you got these fox dens and whenever you see a fox you chase the fox and then it'll do a little platforming segment and then you'll find a shrine to pray at that gets you uh, spaces for charms. And then you do, like, uh, liberation things where it's like there's this town that was taken over by Mongols. Kill all the Mongols and liberate the town, and then the people come back. So not, like, there's a lot of things where it's like it's not necessarily, uh, you know, doing a completely different thing, but it's doing yeah. everything so well, and uh, it... it I, I I really just enjoy everything I'm doing. The one thing that I would say that is like a complete standout is that if you get any time to like watch I, I don't know like a review or um, trailers from like not like the original trailers but like real trailers from like the actual kind of game, which so reviews kind of make the most sense here. Um, how different the and how beautiful the game is. Like this is like unbelievably beautiful beautiful and it's a really good marriage of just the technical aspects and then actual like artistic aspects like the just the uh the way that the that they point you towards the next directive is or you like when you're on the map when you pick where you want to go uh to whatever like the note then you know here's a near nearby fox den and you can just like press x on it to guide you there and the way that the game points you towards it is that the wind blows in that direction and it just picks up like tons of leaves and just like you you know like you just you see the wind and the fog is creeping in that direction and just the leaves are like blowing in the wind towards your goal it's like unbelievable it looks so good and it's never it's it kind of in a way that like uh you there's certain games that do all these different biomes that you want to see the biomes um 
like in the initial kind of starting area that I'm at, uh, there's just there's just temple called the Golden Temple, and it's surrounded by all these golden leaf like maple trees, kind of. And it's just like it's gorgeous. Like the whole area is just like yeah. completely covered in golden. That's kind of where we're at with these consoles now, right? Where it's like this is pushing the PS4 probably as far as it goes. It really is outstanding. Like the and then just the there there's so much just like long grass. And it, this this sounds like inane stuff to kind of talk about, but when you really watch an action the way that the the wind interacts with just like the the long grass and it's like blowing the like just tons of like intricately detailed blades of grass around it's just unbelievable in action like i i feel like it really is just such a beautiful world that it sucks you in and really like uh makes me feel just like impressed with every hill i go over just the vistas like the constant uh, uh just wild art direction uh that's still it, yeah. it's not never going into like the magical or anything it's just more like realistic yeah. kind of feudal it's japan like, but for me the thing that holds me back is just uh I'm sure that it's a great one of those, but it's probably not doing anything that I would consider new, right? Like it's it's probably just a great one of those, and and that's that. And, and sometimes that's that's enough, right? Part of me is thinking like that I want to check out the new uh, Far Cry game, which I will be very surprised if it's even remotely innovative. Yeah, but it's just like sometimes you get a hankering for uh, one of those. Yeah, I know? haven't really felt like that, but yeah, it is. It is kind of like this is one of the best that's come out in years of of this kind of thing. And I I, I fell off of Red Dead, and I, I appreciate how much work that went into Red Dead, and I really do want to go back to it. And it's kind of a similar thing, which is like the gameplay is never around to like shock you, but the just the the world and uh, in Red Dead more so the the writing as well is what is kind of keeping you in and just how, how like it gets so close to being like do you really want to it's one of those games where you're like you'll just start walking slowly because it makes sense for the character to do that not because like not because you could get to the objective or whatever or walk up to the quest giver like two seconds earlier if you just run sprint up to them but you as the player is just like just vibing with the world so much that you're like no nah, this character wouldn't run up to this quest giver yeah so it's really awesome. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It is It is definitely one of those. It is definitely like a sucker punch open world game. There's nothing new yeah. or exciting, crazy about it, but it's just so gorgeous and it's really fun to play. And also the combat just keeps getting new layers. It's awesome. There's different stances. It's very reaction-based combat. It feels very good. I was like getting my ass kicked for a while and then as I started to just pay attention to the fact that like you can never really make a move yeah. without reacting to enemies, I've done a Did lot better. Did you play Sekiro? Uh, I, that's another thing that I kind of want to replay. Like I, I played a little bit of it and I got up to a part where, uh, I was at this ogre that you kind of have to beat using like a, a flint and tinder attachment to the arm. And I had just, I was just supposed to go in like a different direction, but I kind is of, a boss? or is it it's, it's like, a, like, it's like, a, it's not like a really boss. It's like the first time you'd see that, but it's like a yeah. mini boss ish kind of thing. And yeah. I remember it being like, uh, I, as an idiot, was like, I have to beat this thing. And I was going to try and brute force it, even though I knew that, like, I felt like, you know, everything part of my being was like, this is like a Souls-like game, like, just go a different direction. 
Maybe. I think you're supposed to kind of go past it, even. I I, like I forget what you're supposed to do, but you can go and I think I don't think yeah. it was past it because when you explained it at the time, it was like no, try a completely different direction, and on that direction, you get a like fire hand thing where like it oh, explodes yeah, yeah, fire yeah, yeah. that's right yep. so if you do that yeah. then this you becomes a joke fight like the, you need to go into the dream yeah so the ogre is afraid oh, of the fire hand up because it's like you need to go into the dream and you need to find some people off of a path that are sitting around a bonfire you need to trick them into leaving so that you can pick up the item that's in the fire because that's what those games are like yeah right? but it was and very was like that was the kind of thing that was holding me back was like and yeah uh those games in a in a way those games are best when they first come out just because uh nobody has any ideas yet about, about what to do yeah um but still i i i liked sekiro quite a bit um but it it beat me at some point yeah i've heard a lot of I've only ever heard that from people. I've never heard of, like, with, with Dark Souls 3, with Bloodborne, I beat Bloodborne. I beat all the DLC. I beat the Old Hunters. Um, and I absolutely love Bloodborne. It is, for me, it is, like, the absolute pinnacle of Souls. And I expect to like Sekiro. Like, there's no reason why I shouldn't. And I appreciate them moving towards an increasingly, like, action-oriented game that is still, like, faster in action, yet still punishing. Um, so I appreciate that kind of stuff. But uh, something about Sekiro just, like, early on was, like, I am not enjoying this. Like, there's no enjoyment coming from this. Like, I just feel like, like, I don't know what it was. Like, I, it just felt like the game wasn't balancing that well, that, like, I was just getting crushed and was just like, what is going on? Like, I'm not enjoying this. I feel like an idiot the whole time. Like, no one wants to, especially if it's a single-player game. Like, if it's a multiplayer game like Valorant, like, I usually feel like an idiot in Valorant. But... I want to keep playing because there is a massive, massive skill ceiling, and I want to keep bet getting better, and hopefully as I get better, there will be more people who play worse than me, and I'll get to display dominance. But in a single-player game, if you're just constantly made to feel like you're bad, sometimes like there, there has to be a give and take, and sometimes that just kind of makes people quit. It's like, I don't need to feel put down all the time in my free time. And I feel like, yeah. like Bloodborne and the Souls games had a better balance of that and Sekiro just kind of had these things where it's like I can't figure this out I'm just dying like this is dumb yeah. like I don't, I don't want to do this you know what I've been playing a lot of uh that makes me feel good is uh aim lab and Kovacs yeah uh, so I've been playing a lot of these uh aim lab and Kovacs are the two most popular aim trainers right uh so these are essentially tools that you can use to uh, acclimate yourself to competitive first-person shooters on the PC. But also, they're just kind of fun to mess around with, right? Um, one of the challenges of playing a game like Valorant and playing a game like CSGO is that uh, if you try to get better at shooting just by playing the game, it's actually going to take you a long time. And one of the reasons for that is that you're not spending a lot of time in those games actually getting into shooting battles. Um, so essentially because of that, uh, games like Aim Lab and Kovacs help you get better at shooting much faster than just playing the game uh, by itself would. Yeah. Also, yeah, everyone's kind of, I'm, I imagine, waiting for that uh, like a death match mode where you're only shooting. And then that can kind of practice because, like you said, realistically, 
in a Valorant match is like you like the, the most shootouts are like a split second long and if you die then you die you don't learn anything from that like you just didn't aim well enough so you have to spend more time in these kind of aim trainers where where for 30 seconds at a time with usually like you know like just minute long or 30 seconds long different stretches you'll just do nothing but aim yeah so there are some different ones there are ones that are based on flicking which is essentially like a really fast movement to a target uh, to kill it like very quickly. Uh, then there is uh, like strafing and tracking, uh, where essentially you have to try to keep your aim on top of a target while it moves. And you know, there's just all these different variations of things like that. Uh, and I've been playing these quite a bit. Uh, you've gotten into Kovacs as well, right? Yeah, it is a really amazing feeling. Sometimes, like especially after I'm coming off of them or I'm playing them for a little bit. It's an amazing feeling going back to Valorant and just being like, damn, I can just like, I can hit shit. Like, like people are afraid of me. Like I'm doing well. Like, like I, I had a couple games last week where I was just like, uh, like two point KD kind of stuff where it was like 30 and 15 and yeah. you feel like you're the one on the, on the team that just like is going to clutch it and do well. It's never yeah. in ranked. It's like never in ranked. I can never perform in ranked at all. There, there's a, yeah, there is this sort of, uh, we've discussed a little bit about this, but th the cool thing about round-based games like Valorant, uh, and I, I think that we've talked about it before, but essentially Valorant is a 5v5 round-based game where when you die, you're dead for that round. And there's an attacker side that's trying to plant a bomb and a defender side that's trying to defend it. Uh, but essentially, as you play out multiple rounds back-to-back, you start to learn where certain people like to stand, uh, what types of things they like to do. You know, you sort of get an idea of people's play styles. Uh, and then, you know, they try to do different things. And it's sort of like this push and pull of trying to figure the other team out. Uh, and then, you know, you toss in the abilities and the actual skill required of shooting. Uh, and there's a lot going on. But one of the things that is kind of cool is like, you throughout a round, throughout a match, uh, which could be 25 rounds, you can gain like notoriety, right? So that means that people will be afraid to go down your lane. So you can do things like, uh, I'm gonna hold this area with a sniper rifle, so nobody wants to come down me at a you know, individuals don't wanna come down at a long angle. And then the next round, they're like, okay, we're not gonna go down there because he has a sniper rifle. So then what you do is instead of sniping, you move forward with a shotgun and, you know, you totally throw them off. And uh, that's the kind of stuff I dig. Yeah. Because uh, I, I actually that's a thing that actually happened where I got a four four kills in B main on ascent uh, with a judge where the round prior I was holding mm -hmm. it with an operator. Mm -hmm. So they were like, OK, we'll send. Uh, We'll send everyone down the lane to take his operator away. And I was just waiting in there with a shotgun, and that was uh, that. was that. Don't need name trainer to use the judge. Yeah, it's kind of it's also been interesting to see that that gun's kind of like coming up. It's weird because I, I just I just been loving the, so I've been loving Valorant esports. Yeah, I see. I feel I feel like you are too because you're like in that space where it kind of reminds me of like when we used to play League. And there would be uh, like LCS games or something on, and it'd be like, "Do you want to play League? No, like LCS is on, and these are good matches. I want to watch these." 
and Valorant is getting there. Uh, I haven't had anything like that in a while that I really cared that much about the esports, other than like fighting games. Um, so it's been interesting to watch the esports, and without really, I I don't feel like the spectator, uh, the lack of like a great spectation mode is holding it back too much. It's and gotten better. It's gotten uh, a little even, bit better. Even the amount that we've played it, like uh, when we first started spectating, there were dots above uh, people's heads through walls. Whereas now there are full silhouettes of people. And I feel like that is uh, super useful. Uh, yeah. There are tools that I wish they would have. So uh, Twitch is getting pretty clever about <clears throat> sort of in including certain things for certain games. Like in um, when you're watching Hearthstone, um, you can hover over cards uh, and see what they do. And it would be cool if they put in even more functionality with games like Valorant or CSGO or Dota where as a spectator, I can choose, like, I only want to follow this player, right? Yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of in Dota, where you would watch a Dota match in client, and it would let you follow who you wanted to follow. Look at what you wanted, yeah. Yourself. And you could also, in the game, choose different uh, casters, right? So yeah. you could choose who you want to hear casting the game as you control the camera. Uh and that's pretty cool. So I, I do hope they go a little bit heavier on like the the innovation when it comes to spectating and esports, especially you know where I, I mean you know there used to be live events for League of Legends, but everybody is sort of home now. So what does that look like? Yeah, and meanwhile I've also just loved uh, the kind of stories that are coming out as well. There's always kind of interesting stuff with the different teams and the different players. Uh, and who's carrying and how they're doing it. It's kind of like, like it's fun to watch a player like Tens who plays uh, Jet, which is like since the beginning agreed upon to be probably the one of the worst, if not the worst character. Like she can't, you can't really point to a thing that she does that your that helps your team. Like even the other kind of more dualisty characters have stuff like uh, flashes that can get your team pushed onto a site. And Jet doesn't really have that much um, to actually help out her team. But Tens plays her in a way that is, like, just really abusive of her movement. Um, lets him do stuff like fly up in the air and get, like, an, an like an inappropriately, like, high angle. In a game that, like, most kind of times that you're uh, adjusting your aim, it's more on a horizontal level. And stuff like that can really throw off even pro players when, when a jet just, like, leaps high into the air and lands on boxes. And now, like, you have to flick upwards rather than left to right. Uh, and using shotguns and stuff like that. Like, him him using jet to uh, shoot someone point blank and then reposition is really interesting to watch. Uh, so there's been yeah. this constant, like, like I just feel like it's, like, it, it's really panning out in a fascinating way. Yeah. And I wonder uh, how, how Killjoy will add game, that. I think the game currently is suffering from its lack of uh, diversity in the roster. There are people who say, like, six characters a year is way too much. And I think those people are insane. Yeah, I kind of... Uh, I disagree fundamentally with a lot of the things that the rest of the community seems to, to say. And maybe I disagree with even Riot. Um, I feel like I would... So if they would... Like, you have a so say sage right like like that's the only healer in the game if they come out with another healer and they're like their heal is on the e button 
and it, it has a 45 or whatever second cooldown, and it is the exact specifications of Sage. We literally just copied Sage. I think that would be like, and then just gave it like a different kit around that. Um, I think that doing kind of almost the exact same kind of things would just be fine. Like, it'll be fine in the long run. I don't think that's a problem. That's kind of what like League does as well. And the the choices, the, the more technical choice will be like, okay, we need you on a smoke character, and then there's like 12 different smoke characters. Yeah, and, they- and right now they have that with like, okay, you can play uh, Omen or Breach, right? That's no, the only Omen kind of Brim- one. That's the only kind Omen of one. Brimstone. Omen or Breach. That's it. Or Brimstone. The only one. Or, or maybe there's a case where it's like... Breach and Phoenix. Phoenix. Or you're playing Breach, yeah. Yeah. Because that's it. it. Like, for the most part, there aren't characters who are occupying like the same things. Yeah, so I don't uh, think I don't think it would be wrong at all for them to to introduce another healer that is like yeah it's basically sage but like instead of a wall and a slow they have I don't know like yeah they do so some they do something else. Yeah. So what they've done with their newest character is they've introduced an alternative to cipher, right? Yeah, that's like, what it feels the, like, right? Like it's it's which is a crazy thing to do because cipher is getting tons of play. Cipher is the best character in the game. Yeah, so. Like, it, he's played the most it's that like he probably is like has the strongest kit in the game so it it is a little bit like you know weird of them to release another cypher where also i feel like the game needs um the and maybe it's a more fundamental change that has to happen but i feel like attackers need more yeah And, and maybe maybe i'm wrong right because maybe they say for attackers, we have Phoenix, we have Breach, we have Jet, Reyna, Rays. So maybe that's like their philosophy of it, right? Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see where it nets out. Obviously, uh, Killjoy is going to be uh, cool to play. Hopefully, fun to fight against. Probably not. What character? What's a character that's like fun to fight against? Right? It's like nobody. Uh, people always think about like, oh, that character is going to be a pain in the ass to fight. But it's like, who isn't? Yeah, I mean, that's not really what the, the game is. Like, I'm not, like, overjoyed that they picked a Phoenix because it's fun to fight against Phoenix. Or, like, a fun... I like it's fighting fun, against Cyphers. It's fun to fight against... Yeah. I don't know, like... I like, but, I like fighting Cyphers because so, I am I am Cypher, so I just, like, uh, mess... Like, I know where the stuff is going to be. So I like going to Cypher's site and breaking his stuff and then leaving. So, I mean, yeah, some of this is just like that's the game. Like you're like you like the their their abilities hinder you and then their aiming kills you or or the other way around. So well, they I play a I, I would be interested I like I'm gonna be really interested to see and maybe uh I, I believe that the, so Killjoy I know for a fact, I know they were talking a lot about this, like they were talking about a German engineer with a turret with a turret and how that character was actually supposed to launch with the game. Um, that character was like 99% done in by the time that like the beta was kind of going on and they, I guess, just held her back to release her in some sort of time window rather than uh, releasing her when she was done. Like, okay, well, she, she didn't make it into the open beta because they were going to try and release her next to Ray's and they weren't able to do that. And then they, I guess they were just like, we'll wait till the next act, right? And like, just release it in a window. Um so I, I think in large part, uh, this character was like never designed to be what we want, would wanted now. 
uh, and it was this just character is not a response to the current. She's meta not. Yeah, she's not a response to the, the meta. Because if they were gonna respond to the meta, I feel like what they'll do is they'll they'll buff uh, Breach and they'll add a healer. Oh, imagine. That's it. Like they, they, I mean, they already said that they're gonna buff Breach. Ooh, I love it. I, they already said they're gonna buff breach. They're gonna make the flat. They're gonna either like. So I, I think one of the things that they should do. Uh, flashes need to be stronger. Flashes right? need to be stronger. Right. So I feel like Reyna should get a third orb, and breach should get maybe like a third flash or lower the times on it. Like a, a lot of like there's stuff like pop flashing or increase the, or increase the um the amount of damage that Reyna's eye can take. Who knows? That's actually there's not a bad of- idea. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's like stuff like pop flashes in CS:GO where um, it's like a planned, uh, unreactable flash, uh, where they just throw it so that the second that it's kind of around the corner, it goes off. So if a sniper is watching a corner, there's an unreactable flash, and then everyone pushes onto the site, and the sniper has to like blindly get to cover or die. Uh, so in in uh the design of valorant they're like we don't want to have things be unreact unreactable um because then there's no counterplay and that's not really like a lot of counterplay like especially in valorant happens beforehand like where you were standing is more important um i know that like when we play better a lot of times we choose to take uh irregular angles or further back on the site because people start to clear things and they'll start to do it more loudly as they like get confidence and that that's kind of how you counterplay is like they use their flash and you weren't even there because they like they flashed an empty corner and they flash again and you're not there and then now you're further back on the site they've already used multiple utility and now they're just walking in like they're just drive walking in and like that's kind of like how you counterplay is like being at different places i already can't like like what percent of players reacts to phoenix flash like what is that like the like it's a minuscule amount i can't react to a phoenix flash like i can't like turn away from that so what's the purpose of it like it doesn't serve any real purpose like you shouldn't be able to just like be at such a high echelon that you can just always react to phoenix flash because then you have made the ability useless unless they do like some pros do the thing where it's like they flash out of smoke and they pop flash it where it's like it's kind of coming out and then it's like immediately on the screen and they can't react to it so yeah, I mean, I I do feel like there needs to be some help for attackers. I I agree with you that in I agree with you in disagreeing with everyone else. I think that the that there really should be more champion diversity, and it's fine if champions yes, don't right? have just give me more Valorant. You know, just champions don't need to be like Valorant needs. I want Valorant to be where League of Legends is, where it's like there is a dearth of content. I could. I could well, play... dearth is the opposite, right? Is it? I don't know. Dearth is a small is a lack of. But in League of Legends, I could play the same a exact breadth of role. content. I could play the same exact role in League of Legends. I could play AD carry in League of Legends, and I could play twenty five different characters, right? Uh, yeah. Before I would have. Compete. I don't and even mind like... playing Sage. Like I don't really mind playing a healer. I I as a as a human, I have always healer. I, I, she's not your regular, but like as a as a video game player for a long time, um, in in WoW in in MMOs, I gravitate actually towards healers or sometimes tanks, and in uh, League in a lot a lot of times in rank matches, I would play a support because there was a role that I was like 
technically no one's going to really want to play this. So if I just uh, start playing support, then that'll be someone who actually is enjoying it and trying rather than someone that got forced onto it. And similarly in, in, uh, in Valorant, like someone who is just like, I last picked, I got forced onto Sage and I hate playing this character. I don't, I'm not interested in playing this and they never heal you is like, well, they maybe should have never picked Sage because they're not actually using her. So like, I'm fine with playing Sage. I just wish that there were, uh, like five Sages and it was just like, I got a choice of like, here's the healer that that heals in a different way. Here's the healer that does a big AoE heal. Here's the healer that does a flash heal. Here's the healer that... What about a character whose ultimate ability was a global heal? Like they could look at a teammate across the map and heal them. That'd be neat. Imagine Imagine taking a League of Legends ability and turning it into... Well, stuff like that is like, it's not even hard to think about how you make these kind of things different. It's like, okay, so instead of sages that she always has her E and it's on a cooldown, then you give someone else like a buyable ability. So this is, this costs money and it's uh, uh, predetermined into into the round how many you have. You're not going to get them back over the course of the round. So you buy this ability and it lets you look at a person from across the map and heal them through walls. And that's a, yeah. it's, it. Could be the same. It could it could heal the same, but it's doing a fundamentally. You you have it at a higher cost. It's not on a cooldown. You could heal two people immediately, and also you're making it so that it uh, heals through walls. And that's how you make things different. Like you don't have to make it so that we can't figure out how to make. I could I could make you a character. You don't you don't have to figure out how to make a character that is completely new. And I feel like they like that was the thing that people were talking about with Killjoy was like here was Riot showing we have a completely different um, design. And then Riot themselves like Morello came out today to say if we don't do these certain kind of things with characters, then we'll run out of ideas. And it's like, well, first of all, you're you're and you're two months in, and you said you're going to come out with six characters a year. I, I, I hope you're not saying that you're running out of ideas or that you're no, like they 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 definitely we and we know this for a fact. They definitely have a ton of characters already lined up. They have to because why else would they have prominently talked about this six character a year thing? Like they obviously Apex have Legends. Apex Legends. Uh, Apex Legends had characters ready over a year out. Like yeah. they had the characters like design, like we knew about Loba and the loot based character when the game released and Loba just came out a few months ago. You know, yeah. they had her, uh, you know, 16 months out. Yeah, there was, there was like a, there was a, like a, a data mine file that had like five names that were all characters that actually did come out. Yeah. So also I do want to put this in your brain while, while you, uh, finish up this thought, it is time to play Valorant, but yeah. So I, I really do feel like I'm sure they've got tons of characters, I, d- I don't think they need to reinvent the wheel with the characters. Like, I don't think that, like, th- somewhere down the line in two years, a character is going to come out that has a turret, right? And it's not yeah. this character. That's fine. I don't care. That's not what it's about. The game the game is already designed around the fact that if you shoot someone in the head, they're dead, right? So it doesn't, so, like, if you, inv- if you have 40 healers, people aren't going to play five healers. That's, like... A fact like they won't do that you need a smoke you need a flash if you right? have 70 smoke characters then people won't play five smoke has, characters what if you have a character who has a flash a smoke and a heal then that character will actually probably always be played and they're all bad but they're all bad right like, they're all bad so so they're just like your swing pick they're like uh we need a little of everything 
I mean, even then, like, yeah, you know what? You can design that character. Make a character that is intentionally kind of bad, but they do everything. So it's like, we don't really know what we want, but we could use a little more of certain things. Someone put someone, your team locks in four duelists, and then you're like, well, shit. Well, fuck, I have to play this guy. And like, please, I, I have please, to play Spade. Please play, please play Jacko. Please, yeah, please play, please play Jacko. Jacko is the character that you must play because that that's what that's what it is is like or the or Jambalaya the new the the turret girl that just came out 2 years after Killjoy. Do you remember Killjoy when she came out? She was she had a turret. Everyone said it was going to be overpowered, but Jambalaya's turret it's way more overpowered. Yeah. Uh eventually uh you're always going to have to play a character as a summonable pet, right? Like it's like, "Oh, you're not playing a wolf character. What's the point?" Yeah, everyone always plays wolf characters. Also, the guns just at some point are going to, like, the dragon guns are going to be able to just, like, float around you and fire free fire, and then every character is going to be like, you didn't buy the dragon guns or the new wolf guns. They float around yeah. you. So, uh... I'm, That's a horrible for, idea, for please. listeners, this is going to be a break. Or just end us. it. Really? Okay. End uh, it. This has been... WTDG Podcast, you can find us on WTDGpodcast.com. What's the deal with games on all of your uh, podcasting apps, including Spotify? Or you can give us a thumbs up or something. I don't really know how it works. I don't thumbs up my podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at sign WTDG Podcast. Yeah, pay uh, on our OnlyFans where we have the best lewd picks. Uh, and also, thank you, Ryan Galway and Crying for the use of your music. We use the intro and outro revive off the old album, Beyond the Fleeting Gales. You cannot find them at the Run for Cover Bandcamp. Thank you, Ryan Galway. You're, you're sure to come out with great new music uh, soon that I'm excited for. And also great headshots in the upcoming games. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know who's out there listening, but, you know, we appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, James Masoni. Thanks, Ryan Kirby. Don't we don't have an outro. Bye, everyone. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Oh man, please don't. <laughs> <laughs>